Okay, welcome all. Um, as uh, Yvonne pointed out, we should uh, look at some topics with regard to the build-up to Rosh Hashanah. So let's get straight into it, and um, we'll look at uh, various aspects of the blowing of the shofar already um, in uh, in, in build-up to to Yontif. Now we all we all are aware when we go to shul and hear the shofar that there are different sounds that are sounded as part of the mitzvah of blowing shofar. Um, and we, we want to try and understand exactly what the nature of these sounds are. So the Pasuk says as follows. There's a verse in the Torah that says, Yom Truah Yelachem. A day of Truah. Truah is a type of blast, a, a, day, a day of blowing. That, uh, that is the mitzvah on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Truah Yelachem. Now, it's interesting that the Aramaic translation um, that we have to our Hebrew Torah, this Aramaic translation is not just a translation um, into another language, but every now and then you get uh, an almost an insight from the actual translation because the words can be uh, a little confusing. So this, this famous uh, convert, uh, Unculus, who was the convert that converted to Judaism at a particular time during the times of the of the Tanaim? So he um, he wrote a trans he, he wrote a translation. He was uh, he was sort of new to the whole uh, Yiddishkeit concept. He had he had, he had converted, and um, and he he now wrote for himself. Uh, some describe it's like a a young a young uh, an older guy who who never knew how to read. And joined the younger class, and um, in his in his uh, movement toward Yiddishkeit, he sort of was sitting with the younger kids, trying to work out what was going on. So he wrote a translation, but he was a, a really, really, really smart adult. So he in the translation, there's sometimes insights there. So in on this particular phrase, Yom Truah, a day of blowing, Yelachem, uh, he says he says as follows: What sound is the Truah? So he says, he calls it in Aramaic, Yevava, Yud, Beis, Beis, Aleph, Yom Yevava, Yelachem. Now, the word Yevava means a day of crying. Um, and this is now what we know so well, that the, the, the Shofar is supposed to represent uh, different types of, uh, of, of cries. And, um, and the question was, which, which cry... Is, uh, is the accurate one. Now, there are two approaches to trying to understand our custom that we have today. What we do is we have, you know, we have a trua, which uh, we call a, we call today a shvarim, you know, it's just do, 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 three different sounds. And, 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 there's a, and there's a trua, which we call a trua, which is a staccato sound. So these two different sounds are all named trua. Now, of course, today, uh, in order to make things clear, we call the, the three blasts a shvarim, and we call the nine staccato blasts a trua. Um, but in principle, they are two different sounds, and um, they are each surrounded by a tekiah. And we have to work out why that is why that is important or why that is true. But in principle, the only word we have to work with is from the Torah's point of view is the word truer. 
And again, there are two opinions as to whether Trua sounds like a Shvarim or Trua is like a Trua. And, uh, and Rabbi Avahu from uh, the city of Caesarea came along uh, in the times of uh, in the times of the Tanaim, and he said, "Look, let's let's if we all we we in doubt as to which one is the correct one, so let's blow them all." So that's why we start blowing um, Tashrat, which stands for Tekia Shvarim Terua Tekia. And Tashat and Tarat. So we have a Tekiah sur- sounding uh, surrounding each one of these blasts. And then we have Shvarim Trua as a as a kind of a combination. And the and, and, and you know the question is what what was this issue? So the first understanding of the Gemara is is that there are different ways that people cry. And since the Pasuk says that it's a day of crying and you have to sound the shofar to mimic a cry, so um that's why we try and come up with these combination of, of notes which represent a cry. Um, and because some people cry like a shvarim and some like a trua, some like a shvarim trua, so there are different, there are three possibilities how to do the yom trua. And so he made a, a decree that sort of, um, that, that got everybody to, to have each sound sounded. Now there's a, a slightly different opinion, um, which uh, is interesting which says as follows. There's an opinion that is quoted in the name of Rav Hai Gaon. And uh, he says he, 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 doesn't really, he doesn't buy the idea that there was really a doubt as to, as to what the din was, as to what the law was, how to, uh, you know, how to blow the, the, the shofar. Or, or, no, how can it be? You know, from the times of Moshe Rabbeinu, they're blowing every year. How can you forget what the, you know, what the blast should sound like? So he, he suggested an interesting approach. He said that all three forms of, of uh, sounding the trua, whether it's a shvarim on its own or a trua on its own, shvarim trua together, all three forms are 100%. There's no problem as far as the essence of the law is. Any sound that sounds like a cry um, would, be, uh, would, would be okay. So. Uh, from the time of Moshe Rabbeinu on, you could blow the shofar as long as you had uh, tekiah, then the terua, then the tekiah on the other side. No matter what the trua sounded like, you were good. Could, as long as it sounded like a cry. So the question now was, so what did Rabbi Avahu institute when he came along and said, let's blow all of them? Um, and so Rabbi Gawain suggests that in different communities, they were blowing differently as, as Jews split up all over the, the world of exile. So different communities decided to take on what the trio would sound like. Um, and, and he felt like this. He said, look, he said, um, instead of having everybody do something uh, different, let's just make it uniform. So Rabbi Avahu wanted to make a standard nusaf, a standard uh, expression for everyone to feel comfortable so when it, wherever, wherever you went in the world, you would know that uh, that you'd be included, and uh, and you'd be able to listen to the shofar, and you wouldn't have to work out where the mina would be the same everywhere. And this is the this is the understanding of what motivated him uh, to create this decree. And from that time on, in the days of the Mishnah until our days, you can go anywhere, and you can fi- have the shofar blown for you. And uh, by and large. 
you know, there are three, there are three basic sounds that, that, that most people are comfortable with. There were still various uh, different customs that, um, you know, that sort of developed and, uh, and, and we still have those extra type of uh, shvarims that uh, some other communities had. So at, at JLC, we, we sort of try and get everybody's, uh, you know, as much as we can, the, the person's got to know how to blow it. But um, we try and get all the different approaches in, or at least additional ones, so that everybody uh, feels happy. So that, those are two basic approaches as to how, 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 these, how the standard uh, way of blowing the shofar came to be. It was a decree instituted by Rabbi Avau, either because the first opinion thinks that, that the, the tradition was lost and we therefore wanted to cover all our bases. And the second understanding is, is that no, the tradition wasn't lost. It was to unify Am Yisrael around, uh, around Rosh Hashanah. That, uh, that basically everybody should be able to feel welcome uh, in, a, in, a, in a shul when they came to hear the, the shofar being blown. Okay, so now let's explore some of the interesting uh, themes that exist within the, the shofar blast. If you go through um, Jewish history, you go through Tanakh, you start to see that the shofar was blown for uh, for for varying a, a varying amount of uh, you know uh, events that took place, and from there you can start to see that each time they blow the shofar in the davening um, in the machzor, I'll tell you that the shofar actually has uh, a whole lot of themes that are tied in with it. And Rav Gaon has a list of ten different uh, themes that he thinks are linked to the blowing of the shofar. And, um, and he lists them, and, uh, and in some of the machzorim, they tell, you, they tell you what they are. So it's interesting. Let's, let's have a look at some of these themes that are, that, are, that are there. The interesting part about the different themes that the shofar is connected to um, are almost contradictory. Some of them are full of simcha, and others are full of mourning. And uh, then we have, you know, so we have the, the cry of, of tshuva. Um, and, the, you know, the idea of the, of the shofar sounds a lot like trying to, um, you know, wake everybody up in order to recognize and take the day and the whole season of, of repentance uh, seriously. Um, so that's the one that we are very familiar with. We're familiar with the, the call of the shofar um, you know, to call us to do to do tshuva. Um, at, on on uh, Shabbos in Shul spoke spoke at length about the nature of this concept that the the tshuva, the call of the shofar, was actually um, you know the custom became came to be because um, Am Israel messed up the count as to when Moshe Rabbeinu was coming back down off the mountain, and um, and as a result of the messed up count. A balagan ensued, and the, the the golden calf was was uh, constructed and worshipped. And so the next time Moshe Rabbeinu went up the mountain, he blew a shofar uh, to to remind everybody: listen, don't don't uh, don't get caught up with the nonsense again. Um, and therefore, remember what what had happened to to us the first time. Um, however, when you look at uh, the other themes, this is what you see. Number one is that the Sadjagon tells us that one needs to recall the destruction of the temple, you know, which, uh, you know, the sounds of the enemy destroying the Beit HaMikdash. 
That's a sound that is connected to a wail of the shofar too. On the other hand, the shofar also has a theme which is called the theme of hachtara. The word keter, the root word keter, you know, which is spelled with a, a kaf, a taf, and a reish. A keter is a crown. So the word hachtara is the crowning of Hashem as king over, over the world. And so when, when, when kings were coronated, they would bow the shofar. So, so far we've got the sound of the shofar linked to all these themes. Uh, repentance, the destruction of the temple, the crowning of Akash Baruch Hu as king over the world, which, as you know, is a major theme uh, on Rosh Hashanah. Then you have um, the sound of Melech HaMashiach will be heralded in by, uh, by the sound of a shofar. And, uh, and then, as we mentioned in our introductory remarks, that the day of crying also is a kind of a, a cry which is precipitated by the foreboding of something going wrong. And uh, the crown, uh, you know, sort of a sound of mourning. People go to funerals and in the old days they would blow shofarot there. Um, all of these different themes are linked into the, 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 the one concept shofar, which sounds really, uh, you know, really strange. It's like, well, you have all, what kind of day is Rosh Hashanah? What does it mean, you know, Yom Truah Yelachem? And, and how does it really, uh, you know, how does it all come together? Before we just have a, a go at it, um, we need to probably highlight the most important or, uh, expressions of the shofar that we are aware of. We know the story with uh, uh, Abraham and Isaac on the mountain of Haram Moriah, and Hashem had, uh, Abraham had understood that Hashem commanded him to sacrifice Isaac. In the end, uh, Hashem stopped him um, at the last minute, and in place of Yitzchak, Avram found a, uh, uh, you know, uh, a ram, and he he sacrificed the ram, and uh, that day became a a, a, un a unique day. Um, and that and that that idea of the, you know representing the sacrifice of Isaac on the mountain or the binding of Isaac on the mountain through the blowing of the shofar is uh, an additional theme. But I would say the most, uh, at least as far as the machzor is concerned, the most um, the focal focal point of the shofar in the davening is um, is more the shofar of uh, the giving of the Torah. When Hashem chose Am Yisrael and gave us Torah at Sinai, so when you read the verses surrounding the event of Mahmad Har Sinai, there you hear a lot about the Shofar. You know, the, sh the call of the Shofar, you know, was uh, incredibly powerful and it, con it continued for a, a, a lengthy amount of time. That is, the, that is the call of the Shofar that the Machzor focuses most on. And um, this becomes again part of the the, the major themes of the of the davening on on Rosh Hashanah. So, having a look at the way that the Machzor works it, uh, the Machzor tells us that there are three themes that the Machzor gets us to focus on while we actually daven. The main part of the the Musaf Shmona All the other themes are woven into the davening, but these are the but the three main themes are. Number one is Malchuyot. Malchuyot, as you know, from the word Melech, is to coronate Akosh Baruch Hu over, over the world. And therefore, the sound of the shofar that's blown at the, at the, at the end of, uh, 
the section of Malchiot is to again connect the idea of coronating Hashem over the world and that shofar blast when you hear it, this is what you should have in mind this is the hachtara, the crowning of HaKosh Baruch Hu over the world so that's the that's the first section uh, of, uh, of 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 um, of davening then there's zichronot zichronot, remembrances which um, highlights the theme that Hashem doesn't forget and as a result that Hashem doesn't miss a beat in our physical world, we are held accountable for every single, you know, thought and uh, thought or action. And Hashem records it all and holds us accountable. And so that shofar blast is um, is really to call us to to attention to the concept of 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 tshuva, of repentance, accountability. That's the that's the the major second theme. And the third one is shofarot. That it really refers to uh, what, what, what we spoke about now, the Mamar Ar Sinai, the blast of the shofar when Hashem gave Am Yisrael the Torah. Um, and I guess the theme it really is that um, twofold. One is that the concept of Torah is divine, Torah Min Hashemayim, and that's why we mention it in uh, in the davening. And it's and that theme of of Torah being Min Hashemayim, Hashem giving it to us, is uh, very closely bound up with the idea of the Bechira, the Bechira of Amisra, the chosenness of Amisra. So you've got um, Hashem as king, human beings the world over, not just Jewish. Everybody is held accountable for their deeds in uh, Zichronot. And then the uniqueness of Amisra, the chosenness of Amisra, which uh, is at the heart of, uh, of all of our issues in the world. And, and that is demonstrated by Hashem giving us Torah at Sinai and uh, a specific set of blasts uh, are, uh, you know, are, are sounded at the end of that particular bracha. So those are the some of the um, the major themes that are connected to this idea of uh, of the blowing of the shofar, you know, on on Rosh Hashanah. So uh, the question that we now are going to spend a bit of time looking at is how how do these themes all come together? Because as we said, some of them are you know, are slightly contradictory. Now, the verse that tells us as follows, uh, there's a verse in the Torah, Parashat Balotra, that tells us, Uvayom simchatchem, on the days of your rejoicing, v'mu'adeichem, and your, your, your noted times, uvrashaychotchechem, um, and on your Rosh Chodeshes, utkatem b'chatzotzrot, you blow, you blow the shofar sound. In those days, they used a, a trumpet as well. Now here, the this idea is telling you over your simchatchem on the days of your simcha and your celebrations, you should sound a, 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 a shofar blast. So the tekiya over here, um, when it tells you utkatem b'chatzotzrot, the tekiya is uh, is is representing a, a simcha. It's something that's uh, that's happy. It's a it's a pshutka, it's a, what we call a, a straight sound. And it represents a person's life, which is traveling in a very ordered, straight di- direction. Um, and that and that kia blast is meant to sound a kind of a a calm, you know, you know, approach to life. Um when when, when the world is running well, that's the kind of uh, you know. Tkia, the theme behind a, 
at the Kia. So, you know, when uh, everything is katikuna, as I say in Hebrew, everything is working well, um, that's the tekiah sound. The trua, it starts to break up that, that, that sound. And yeah is where life is traveling straight and everything's going well. And then all of a sudden, you know, you know, crisis looms. And, uh, you know, I don't have to, to tell you, you know, better than I do, but, you know, you, you're healthy one minute and the next minute, all of a sudden, you get a diagnosis, which is, uh, which is not simple. And then all of a sudden, in one minute, it's, life is broken up. And uh, so you go from the tkia, which you think everything is fantastic, all of a sudden to a trua, where the whole of life is shaken up and, and, and broken. And um, that, that, that would be by the, the pasuk, which sort of talks about blowing your shofar. On the days of your, of your happiness, there talks about you shall blow a tekiah. Then the pasuk continues um, where it tells us um, when, when war, uh, war times or persecution hits your land, you know, then you have a mitzvah you must blow again with the trumpets. But yeah, the word means you must sound a trua. So the first word was and that's when things are going good. Or as the Pasuk has, on any kind of crisis that looms. You blow, you blow a tour. So, so, um, so you know, this is this is the kind of uh, ideas that are sort of put together within the different types of uh, of, of of the blasts. So, um, this is how we symbolize what goes on in life. We um, we know that crises are, are literally around the corner. There are challenges to everybody. Some are blessed with easier challenges than others. But the life, but life is not going to be a, a straight line forever unless you're tremendously blessed. But yeah, you got to, everyone's got to know that life is a combination of these experiences. You're going to, please God, you have a tekiah, which, which starts off. Um, and then, which means that you're brought into this world and things are looking good. And then at some point in time, there's going to be a challenge. That's a truer. But in the end of the day, all the all the challenges, the the, the sufferings, etc., eventually will Akush Baruch is on top of the entire experience. And so we we know we haven't yet experienced it completely. But at the end of days, when a utopian society will 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 come into being, then all of a sudden, all the vicissitudes which are represented by the truer come out like a, a tekiah again. And um, and therefore, this is the kind of experience which should uh, be top of mind when you hear the shofar blast, recognizing that Hashem is in control of uh, the good times and the bad times. That is, uh, that's really the, the major um, expression of, of belief in Hashem, that Hashem is, no matter what hits us, um, and we don't understand all the issues, but it's a tekiah through a tekiah experience, and um, you know this is how this is how we're supposed to see uh, life. So when you when you recite the Shema, 
one of the interpretations part of high Gaon is when you say that Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, what, what he interprets that uh, famous line to mean is that here are Israel, Hashem, Yudkei Vavkei, which is the name of God, the God of mercy, and the God of Elokeinu, the God of strict justice, Hashem is in, in control of all of those experiences. Hashem Echad. You know, the so-called pleasant times and the challenging times all emanate from Hashem's, uh, from Hashem's essence. And, and the, there's no God of good and God of bad. They're not two separate gods warring it out, God forbid, but it's really one experience controlled by, you know, two experiences controlled by one, by one, by one God. That's what it means, Hashem Echad. We normally interpret like Rashi does, that uh, Shema Israel, it's a, it's a call to Am Israel to recognize the fact that now, as we go through life, um, God has only recognized Hashem Elokeinu. He's only our God, meaning like only Am Israel really recognize Hashem properly. But one day, at the end of days, Hashem Echad, God will be one. That's Rashi's interpretation. But uh, um, I think it's of Saja as well. But I think of Saja going, they all, they, his interpretation. Um, resonates with me that this idea of when you go through life, you know, it's the good times and the challenging times are all emanate from from one God, and this this theme is now uh, has has a similar shape when you discuss uh, repentance, and that is uh, you know a person the the represents the the person before we are addicted to to sin. You know, that's that's the tkia, the straight path represents the simcha, the person before he sins. Um, and then the tkia at the end of the process represents uh, the individual after you do tshuva. And the tshuva in the middle is representative of the life of contradiction. And, uh, and therefore the concept of contradiction at first glance would be something that sounds... Uh, inappropriate for the Shofar Blast on Rosh Hashanah. But now when you see it like I've put it to you, you start, you start to see that um, the sound of the Tekiah and the sound of the Teruah actually need to come together. You need to sound out a, uh, a type of contradiction because human beings, as much as we want to be righteous, uh, human beings don't live a life completely free of sin. And therefore, we, we need to realize that our reality is a representative of a certain amount of contradiction. Um, and therefore, we sound it all out to try and encourage people that, you know, even though you've, uh, you've descended into a, a broken set of sounds, but the experience of the human being should be at the Kia before all the problems start. And hopefully we get to a point where there's enough uh, buy-in to the concept of repentance that the, the takia can represent that, uh, you know, that fixing up of all the of all the issues. So in each one of these themes, now you should be able to start to see some of these ideas take shape. So when we talk about coronating Hashem as a major theme in, in on Rosh Hashanah, so the takia before the coronation um, and after it is representative of. God's kingdom, Hashem's Malchut Shamayim. When Hashem created the world, 
when Hashem first creates the world, the world is, let's call it straight. The world is completely in order. And the same states of the world will return at the day, you know, during the days of uh, the coming of Mashiach. And it'll also be straight. So the beginning of creation was Takiyah. And the end of uh, when Yomotah Mashiach come along is, is, a, is another Takiyah. And all of world history between the two Takiyahs, you know, the, the true in the middle represents the, the broken world we live in, um, you know, full of difficulties and contradictions, uh, etc. So both aspects, that of a, a straight experience, a simchadik experience, and that of a of tsar, of pain, of of broken, uh, broken experience are, are, you know, thrown in the middle, so to speak, and um, and the sh and all these themes that we've highlighted in the the design of how we try and motivate our thinking process on Rosh Hashanah now start to take a little bit of uh, a little bit of shape. This is really um, an understanding and appreciation of you know what uh, what the shofar sort of symbolizes. So um, you know this is uh, this is what lies behind some of the commentaries point out. You know, before we blow shofar, one of the lines that we say responsibly, uh, we say, Ashrei Ha'am, you know, praiseworthy or happy is the, is the nation, Yodei Trua, who are knowledgeable, knowledgeable about the, the blast of the shofar. And the Magain Abraham commentary quotes from a Kabbalistic source of the, the Shaloh HaKadosh. He writes, what does it mean? Praise be the nation that knows how to blow. What he says is that we know, I mean, I have the tradition, we know the intentions, we know the themes behind the truer. Nowadays, as you can appreciate, nowadays not, not many people do know um, exactly how you have to learn it. So, yeah, you know, just at least when the shofar sounded, um, and you hear it, especially at least in the Shemona Esraq, it's a little bit easier. What uh, one needs to push oneself to appreciate is to have the thought process that says, okay, we finished the section of, of uh, Malchuyot, for example, coronating Hashem over the world. And in your head, it should go off and say, okay, now the Shofar, I must focus on this, on this theme. When Hashem created the world, He was completely acknowledged as the so-called supreme being. He was the king. Then the world was given to human beings to live in, and it became broken. And when you know when Hashem, when Moshiach comes, then uh, it'll be whole again. And that'll be your kavanah when you hear the blast of that section of the davening called Malchiot. And then comes uh, Zichronot, same idea of a person's experience in life. You know, we're born innocent. We then we then we then struggle to maintain good over bad. That's the trua. And then. You know, when we move on to the next world, things start straightening itself out. And then the last one, Shofarot, is the chosenness of Am Yisrael as a people and our existence in uh, as compliant with Torah and our position in the in world history. And then we know Jewish history is replete with uh, the combination of Simcha and, uh, and and Torahs at the same time. And therefore, yes, the, the themes of Rosh Hashanah via the Shofar are actually contradictory in nature but it's because our experience whether it's historical you know whether, whether it's national whether it's individual 
all of that actually is a is a series of uh, uh, that's how life is. It is an element of uh, of contradiction, and we have to try and motivate and have in mind the the movement from what it was to what it is and what it uh, you know what it, what it will be. So these are these are some you know I think it's a very insightful understanding to try and work out you know um, what High Gaon was trying to say over here that um, when High Gaon came along and said. No, Rabbi Avahu came along and said, you know, blow three types of 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 of, of truot because people were in doubt. He he didn't he didn't like that. You know, he thought he thought rather it was to, you know, unite the entire nation under these themes. Um, but again, these are two different uh, approaches to the to the actual reason why we blow. Uh, the Bali Atosfot Rashi grandchildren they don't learn like Rav Um and he, uh, you know, the Balat Tosfot Rashi school of thought, they, um, they, uh, you know, they think that the whole idea behind it is to, is to um, cover all the bases uh, as to which cry was the real, you know, was the real, was the real cry. And um, you know, the, the, again, the, the, the minag, the custom that we came, came from the various. Uh, the, the, the yeshivot that was established in exile. And so when we were, the Jews uh, had some sort of stability in, uh, you know, after the Roman exile, and we were sitting up now, um, let's call it in uh, in Bavel, which is uh, Iran, Iraq of today. So there they, we, we uh, the survivors of, of the exile, and as the Jewish nation began to grow, so they found a different yeshivot, and in each Yeshiva, they had um, they had different customs, so there were two main yeshivot for a while, um, and during the times of the Goanim, the one yeshiva was called Sura, and the other yeshiva was called Pumpadita, and uh, these two yeshivas reflected the different customs of uh, of the sages of the Gomorrah, and uh, and that's how they that's how they uh, interpret what happened and how. How it came to be, how it came to be. Okay, so that's um, that's some uh, basic background into understanding what uh, what what we need to do, and uh, and the way that the the machzor developed was essentially to take the shofar blasts, and the main shofar blasts they must be connected to these themes, and uh, as we keep on mentioning the three major themes of malchiot, zichronot, and shofarot. Um, the the what you call the you have to you have to sound these in the actual davening. So the main shofar blasts that you hear on Rosh Hashanah are actually the ones that are connected to the, the Shemona Esrei. Um, and the ones that uh, we blow in the beginning, which is you know they they seem to have uh, because it's one big block and a block of thirty blasts. Um, we, uh, you know, th that sort of gets, uh, I guess, the, the most attention. But the truth be told, those are just to complete, uh, you know, the, the the different doubts and opinions to get us up to all different types, you know, uh, different amounts of blowing the shofar. But really, the major, the major, and the most important ones are the ones that are the ones that are sounded within uh, within the Shemona Esrei, and uh, two different customs developed as well and that is that um 
there were there were some who said you should blow the shofar as a sound of as an expression of davening as well within the silence from Israel. And others felt that no, you should blow it in the repetition of the Shmona Israel. And so you'll still, still see today these two traditions um, are present, depending what custom you're following in the shul. But you'll have some who will blow the shofar right in the middle, which means that everyone davens the silence when they say together. And um, at a certain point in time, the rov will bang on the the bima, and the ba- and the the guy who blows the shofar will blow it out right in the middle of the silence when they say. Now. Some uh, some Ashkenazi poskim felt that even if you even if it's the best way to go, and in the old days they used to do this, but nowadays there's there's a, it's such a there's such a hard chance of messing up one's focus while you're davening the silence from Israel, but all of a sudden no one's keeping the same pace, and you're blowing it, it just throws everybody, and it can be, can become quite balaganish. So the people who even though they agreed with the idea. But they felt that, uh, you know, this is a, a this is a, a balagan, and so Ashkenazim in general, uh, not everybody, but Ashkenazim in general, they felt that the best way to do it um, is to is to blow it within the actual uh, um, in the repetition of the Shmona Esrei, and not and not in the not in the silence Shmona Esrei. But um, anyway, you might have davened in certain shuls, but that's uh, some people do it in the middle. And uh, in fact, uh, Rav Soloveitchik actually did blow the shofar in the middle of the Shmones, right? And um, various pupils of his report that he he davened the, the silent Shmones right, slightly loud, loudly, not like a chazan, but he davened it that that you know, people would know where he was up to. So he felt that he he would be able to read the the words uh, accurately, and 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 he would also be able to read it in, in a decent pace. And then he would people could follow him, which is a strange thing because I mean it's supposed to be as not supposed to hear the silence from Israel. But anyway, that's that's what they uh, that that I heard um, people who davened with him. That's what he used to do, so that everybody would uh, would keep pace, you know, with uh, with what was what was going on. So okay, so that's basically um, a set of a set of uh, introductory remarks um, as to the nature of what we can take out theme-wise from the actual way that the blowing of the shofar is constructed. So again, we, we start off with uh, the pasuk telling us a simple thing. Just blow the shofar, yom truayelachem, a day of blowing the shofar. And, they, and the Torah uses the word teruah. Now the complication is, you know, how do you interpret that word? What, is it, what does it mean? What does teruah mean? So we have a, uh, uh, according to one opinion, we have an argument as to what it means. Some people think it means a shvarim, and other people think it means a, a trua. And a third opinion is a shvarim trua, both. And, and they're all representative of Christ. So the custom became to blow them all. Um, and the second opinion was that it was just, to, it was to not, not that we, everything is okay. The Torah didn't mind which one you used, but you wanted to unite Am Israel. And therefore, you bring them both together. And what we discussed was something a little bit by extension. We said it's not just bringing Am Yisrael together, but it's the 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 and the true are, are different notes. 
and they want to bring Amishal to experience what these uh, the movement, the tekiah, the calm, the simcha, the straight, then descending into the the broken, and then coming out on the other end that one day things will come come right again. Uh, so that really is um, is uh, I think a, a good way to you know you write it in your machzor if you want, but just a way to focus. There might even be in the footnotes there these themes. Highlight them, and when the shofar goes, so think about this kind of your own experience. You know where you had times in your life where it was simchadik and simple, and then you have times in your life when it's challenging. And then please God, you know the new year should be one like the second kia where things come right. And so that really is uh, our bracha to everybody that um, that movement should end, uh, and we should experience it each individually, nationally. Um, we should experience that. Uh, Coming back together again, the repair of what needs to happen in our, you know, in our world, uh, specifically around uh, Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah time when we are all being judged. So hopefully that'll bring us to uh, discuss next time how the, the how we get to the number of a hundred blasts. Um, so the numbers will uh, we'll spend a bit of time doing that. In the meantime, I'll just wish you a a great week ahead. And uh, everything should be good. And we'll oh. wish Shakaya. Thank you. 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 Thank you.